The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max. Smackdown. Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's SmackDown Live review. That's right. And we, of course, are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And we also want to give a big shout out to 411mania.com as well as LastWordOnProWrestling.com, who are great supporters of our show, and we thank them a lot. If you want to come find all of our other great review shows, make sure you come check us out at Wrestling to the Max, wherever you get your podcast, YouTube. Podcast Attic, Apple Podcasts, wherever, iHeartRadio, just come find us, subscribe, rate, and review, and that will do us a lot of favors, and we appreciate you. I, of course, am Gary Vaughn, and with me is Harry Broadhurst. Yeah, you're not Sean. What gives? No, for those wondering, Sean's still a little under the weather tonight, so Gary agreed to fill in for Sean to help me with the SmackDown and the 205 Live reviews. Hopefully next week the band will be back together here for SmackDown and 205 Live. Yeah, and it's got to be because I'll be in the middle of the ocean. So if not, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, my dog is going to be around. Maybe you can call him. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like that would be a rough show. <laughs> yeah, that, rough, rough. <laughs> no, you, you guys will do awesome. I'm really looking forward to, to checking all the shows out next week, especially since I'm going to be absent for the entire week. But, you know, uh, I, I'm just happy to be here. And, and then, like I told you last night, Harry, I, I got lucky enough to do another great Raw with you last night. I'm super stoked to do SmackDown Live with you tonight. So let's get this train a-rolling. Let's start this show out by talking about Kevin Owens coming out and down that ramp to address the WWE Universe and basically the McMahons. And he throws out the fact that, you know, he respects the McMahons. He respects Shane, respects Vince. But just imagine if he didn't respect them and what he really would have done to both those men. So that is a big shout-out. Sami Zayn thinks that, Kevin Owens, you're going a little too far. The hell in a cell and all this stuff. You don't come back from that. You you understand what you're getting into here, Kevin? And Owens basically says, look, you don't need to worry about me. You don't need to worry about my family. I will worry about them. And Sami Zayn, you know, and him kind of have their normal back and forth. And uh, what leads to the drop of Mike's is Sami Zayn telling him, look, the difference between me and you is when I look into the mirror, it's not a big piece of trash. So that was fighting words. But guess what? No fight just yet. We had Daniel Bryan coming out and addressing both these guys and saying, hey, you're going to main event the show. So get ready. So these two guys are going to have a match, you know, later in the show. And uh, we'll just go ahead and talk about that, too. They had, a, you know, I, I think an outstanding match. They always do. These guys have been in the ring together probably more than any other duo right now in the modern history of wrestling. Uh, did a good job here. And, you know, really what you get here is, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just kind of 
doing their thing. Harry, I I think this is okay. I think everything that we got here was fine. It really didn't make a lot of progress. I mean, at the end of the show here, you have Kevin Owens basically destroying Sami Zayn, kind of like he did in NXT. You know, you know, you know, power slamming him onto that uh, the apron of the uh, the ring there, and that's what he did in NXT. Then attacking him with a chair. You have to have Shane run down and make the save. Interesting ending. Uh, so I, I'm just, what's your thoughts on all of this, man? Well, first of all, it's good to see Sammy getting television time because that hasn't happened in a couple of months. Yeah, for real. <laughs> At least Kevin's helping him out in that fact. Hey, are you tired uh, of not being on TV? I, I enjoy the fact that they're not shying away from these guys' history in regards to both the WWE and before, though. Because traditionally, the WWE likes to write the narrative to fit the story that they want to tell. Whereas with these particular guys, and given the crowd reactions to whenever they're interacting with each other, they've accepted that most people know that these guys go way back, and they're willing to let them tell the story about how they go way back. I thought that the callback to the scum stuff in Ring of Honor was a nice touch as well. When Sammy told Kevin, I've seen you at your absolute worst. Because it it was the return from uh, it was the return from the uh, the Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino thing that led to Kevin Owens leaving Ring of Honor for a while that led to the the downfall of Kevin Owens when he before he came back to Ring of Honor. And then you had uh, you had them playing off of their history here. Um. Shane arriving before the commercial break definitely telegraphed the finish, although I like the fact that Shane didn't cause a disqualification. I appreciate the fact that they waited until after the match was settled and it went to whatever decision they're going to render, rather it be a no contest or Owens winning by referee stoppage, that they actually let them finish telling the story that they were telling inside of the ring before Shane got involved. Yeah, and you know, when I kind of, Followed this and watched this whole thing kind of progress of the night. I like you. I appreciated the the history. I, I love the fact that you get a main event here that is, you know, it's really good, right? It's not just a a throwaway or something you're not going to really be into. It's something that's kind of classic. Uh, but really, the meat of this thing is at the end where you have Sami Zayn basically being destroyed by Kevin Owens here. And he's making that statement to the McMahons of, I don't care who you are or what you are. You're not going to get in my way. I'm going to do whatever it takes to to, to do what I want to do, and that's win, be victorious. And he does that. And and he sends that message. He does, you know, run up the the, the, – go ahead. I was just going to say, so for all of the the going after the McMahons that that, uh, Kevin has done here. Do you think that this is going to lead to Triple H coming to the to the aid of the McMahons, or do you think it's going to come out that Triple H was behind Kevin Owens coming over here and going after the remaining McMahons? You know what? I really have not considered Triple H being involved in this at all, to be honest with you. Now, does it make sense? Yeah, because if we remember right, Stephanie was there when Vince was attacked, right? And Mm -hmm. it only makes sense for her to say, hey, you know, you're my husband. You're part of this family, too. You got to take care of business. I think it would be great if they did have Triple H as being a co-conspirator with Kevin Owens. I think that would be wonderful because it would add something interesting. 
Yeah, one of the rumors was going around is that there was an eventual plan to do a Triple H Shane McMahon match, and this would be the perfect way to get there next year. And a lot of people haven't been talking about this. They've been talking about Triple H coming to the aid of the McMahon family and facing Kevin Owens. The other way you could go with that is have it revealed that Triple H is the one behind Kevin Owens coming over to SmackDown and causing havoc with the McMahon family because Triple H wants to take over sooner rather than later. I, I like that idea a lot more than Triple H coming to the aid. It, it just makes more sense. I, I think it feels right. Triple H, and really, let's be honest, in history with these WrestleManias, plays the heel role much more, uh, does a better job of it. I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to be jumping up and down to root for a babyface Triple H. I just don't see it. People love to hate Triple H, and, and you know when it comes to the main roster, now they can love him in NXT. That's a different guy. That's corporate Triple H they love there. Uh, the, the in-ring guy they like to see as a heel, and I think it works way better on the other side. I think it brings a better story, and you know whatever they do, I'm sure that they'll try to make it work the best they can. But just off the top of my head, just by looking at the, what the possibilities are, I'm game for Triple H and Kevin Owens to be buddies because I she, see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, see, best friends forever over there. Uh, but no, I, I, I just I want to I honestly want to see that match Triple H and Shane. I would love to see that at WrestleMania. I, I think it'd be great. Uh, they've been waiting for it for a long time, haven't they? Um. I don't know that they've ever actually had any one-on-one interaction before against each other, so I feel like that would be something that there would be a definite interest to see. And like you were saying, I feel like Triple H is a much better heel than he is a babyface, and I find it awkward having to cheer for Triple H because we just we know what he's capable of as a bad guy. I definitely also I I feel like they'd be putting Kev, I feel like they'd be putting him in a no-win situation because I think a lot of that smart WrestleMania crowd would cheer for Kevin Owens over Triple H, much the same way a lot of that crowd cheered for Triple H over a stale babyface at the time in Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, very true, and it just it works better. The chemistry is is just right there for the taking if they want it for Triple H and Kevin Owens to work together. And whether Kevin Owens is even involved in the match, like I said, Shane and Triple H, I think that sells tickets right there. I think it really does. Uh, Kevin Owens could still be on the outside. Kevin Owens could tag with him. I don't care. I think it sells tickets, though, for you know the son of Vince McMahon to take on Triple H, the incumbent guy who's going to take over the company i just think it makes sense i I think even you put the company on the line all that kind of stuff it it makes for a great story and if they feel the need to keep kevin owens involved and have it as a tag match like you just said do triple h and owens against shane and Sami Zayn. yeah yeah exactly and it it both make complete sense so uh, once again they love the kevin owens and Sami Zayn history it it just works it's it's uh, something that you really don't lose every time they get in the ring and then having the other guys get in there and, you know, do it. It's more about selling tickets compared to really them being amazing right now. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, on this SmackDown, at least for right now, uh, before we do get to mania, uh, we are leading up to hell in a cell. And they, I think honestly, if you ask me, they do a fine job getting you ready and more mm. pumped up for Shane versus Kevin Owens in a way it's not perfect, but I still feel like I, like I still care about this feud because if Shane didn't show up tonight, I just don't. I don't know if I would have been as happy with it. 
I'm in, I'm still intrigued by the concept of Shane versus Kevin, but I feel like the spot that they walked off with tonight by using the chair from the chair around Sammy's neck to knock uh, for Kevin to throw him in it kind of made Kevin look weak by having Kevin kind of run away from Shane. Yeah, but you know that's what Kevin Owens does. That's who he is. He always plays you know that little squirrely guy, even though he's not really little. He always plays the guy who picks and chooses when he wants to fight somebody. And he That's did. fair. He didn't choose to fight Shane tonight, and he's making Shane wait. So it's it's just who Kevin Owens is. Uh, well, let's talk about something else here that it really kind of I'm, – I'm a little intrigued and I'm a little not. And, and that's, of course, Baron Corbin and what his situation is and his whole thing with AJ Styles. And tonight we see Corbin take on – the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. And a, a surprisingly, a, a pretty okay match here. Uh, I thought for a minute here we'd see Ty Dillinger get a little bit of offense and then Corbin take over one, two, three, whatever. And now uh, Ty Dillinger actually got to control uh, quite a bit of this match. And uh, for you know my point of view, I really am glad that Ty Dillinger is getting this opportunity. I thought he was going to be put in the background, kind of him and Sami Zayn having coffee the entire night instead of actually being in the ring. No, it's not what's happening here. Dillinger's in something that matters, and he uh, you know, gets thrown around a little here, but he gets to control uh, quite a bit of the match. And Baron Corbin throwing Dillinger into AJ and all that kind of stuff, it, it just works. It's the way that the kind of should be. Uh, but in the end here, we have a count out. Dillinger is not able to get back in the ring, and so he's not the winner. Uh, Corbin gets a you know a count out victory, if that really matters. But what you get is AJ and him kind of confronting each other. AJ gets the better of Corbin, and Corbin just runs out of the ring and says, Look, you know, I know if we are one-on-one, I could beat you for that title. So at Hell in a Cell, we're going to have Corbin and AJ Styles for the United States Championship. See, I don't think we are. You don't? I think it's a triple threat match with Ty Dillinger involved. Otherwise, they would have had Corbin beat Dillinger tonight. I hope it is. And I think you're right. I think it will be. Um, But, you know, this is what Corbin wants. And I get why Corbin wants that, right? Because he has not been all that successful outside of winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, if I'm remembering right. I think that's the only other one that he's really done a lot of success in multi-man matches. Other than that, he's never, well, except the Money in the Bank. Uh, Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot here. He did win the Money in the Bank, too. Uh, But I don't know. It just... It doesn't. It's not something what Corbin wants, right? He just wants that one-on-one match, and throwing Dillinger in just really ruins his day. Well, yeah, because obviously Dillinger and AJ are closer to Simpatico than Dillinger and Corbin are. But at the same time, though, I feel like if you were going to take Ty Dillinger out of the thing with Styles and Corbin, then you would have had Dillinger get beaten clean tonight in the middle of the ring, or at the very least put down with the end of days in the middle of the ring tonight, rather than being protected with a, with a count-out victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say also, and we had this conversation off-air, and you thought that I was weird, I'm actually digging Corbin's theme song with the lyrics. I'm looking forward to hearing the full version. Yeah, it's just going to take a little bit more time for me to appreciate it, I think, Harry. I just am still not into it. Uh, boy, oh... I don't know. 
just not really thrilled about it. But you know what? Uh, you know, sometimes things grow on me, and I may be there with you in a few weeks. Who knows? But what I will kind of question you, Harry, really quickly here uh, about this, because they kind of set up the match uh, in a way here to let you know that there will be at least the U.S. title up against Corbin. Do you think with Ty Dillinger going into that match, especially someone's, I won't get to hear your predictions next week. I'll be gone. Do you think Dillinger has a shot at actually holding that title at the end of the night? No. Okay. I think that I think that either Styles or Corbin would walk out of Hell in a Cell with the title. I don't think Dillinger's I think Dillinger's over enough for the run, but I don't think he's in a storyline position where a run with him in the US title would make sense. Mm-hmm. If that no, makes any sense itself. It, it does. I just wanted to see if you would consider them throwing that at you, right? Because we've like, seen those kind of things happen. Yeah, and I like Dillinger. I like Dillinger more than most. I mean, he'd make for a much more interesting U.S. champion than Curtis Axel made for an IC champion like we discussed last night on the Raw Review. But at the same time, though, I don't know that he has enough footing behind him in order to have a storyline continuational reason for him to get the belt. Whereas with Styles, you can continue the U.S. Open Challenge. And with Corbin, you can have it kind of as his redemption story from losing the money in the bank briefcase the way he did. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You know, I I think Dillinger has an opportunity in the future to be a United States champion. I don't think right now, but definitely. I think it's way too early. Um, but I think he's one of those guys that the crowd wants to love. I think the more and more that they put him on TV and get him out there in front of people, they're going to root for him because he's that underdog and he's that guy that people just want to see succeed. And I think down the line, he would be a, a great United States champion. I think he would do some really great things in that babyface role, especially maybe when AJ Styles decides to move on and you know whatever else they're going to do with the U.S. title. So I think down the line, right now, not a great idea. I'm agreeing with you on that, and uh, I, I, I still think that AJ holds that title at this moment. I have the perfect heel foil for Dillinger as a babyface challenger for the U.S. title. Who is this? A heel turned Robert Roode. I would be down for it. I definitely would, uh, but are they really going to do that? And I think we're going to talk about him later and about this babyface version of Robert Root. So <laughs> we'll get more into that later for sure. Uh, I do want to talk about Jinder Mahal, the WWE champion right now, and he does his normal SmackDown Live thing of doing what? Poking fun of Nakamura, and it's he says, you know, basically, people said I went too far, and then he still tries to continue to go too far. Uh, But what we have here is Shinsuke Nakamura appearing on the video screen and ruining his little party that he has every week on SmackDown Live. And then he appears to attack the Singh brothers and Mahal, and you have Shinsuke Nakamura standing tall. I I know I kind of went to this quickly here, Harry, but I'll be honest with you. Every time I see this whole thing on TV... I kind of consider it a waste of my time. And I, I'm sorry, that's just from my point of view. I don't disagree. Because I feel like they've they've pigeonholed Jinder into such a corner with a shtick that all of you xenophobic Americans are responding exactly how I am as a xenophobic Indian towards a Japanese guy. 
That was my best gender impersonation. Um, <laughs> but my point being is that I think it's done to paint gender is kind of hypocritical in the fact that he's responding the same way towards Shinsuke that he's complaining the American fans are responding towards him, and I get that. But at the same time, you have to tread that line carefully because while controversy does create cash, there is a such thing as bad publicity in these de- this day and age. And there was a Washington Post article last week based on the comments made by Mr. Mahal on SmackDown that was not very favorable of the company and I'm sure did not sit well with one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, yeah, I'm sure not. Uh, this whole thing has been kind of touchy. I- I've been kind of wondering about it, you know, and I'm surprised they've kind of let it go as far as it has. I don't know about you, Harry. I just, I'm really shocked. And, I, I you know, it is an Indian uh but at the same time, you know, some of the things he kind of said about Shinsuke were so risky uh, and racially charged. I was kind of thinking to myself, wow, I'm so glad it's Mahal and not, you know, uh, somebody else that's uh, Caucasian. Yeah, and I think that's the reason they thought that they could get away with Mahal saying these things because Mahal is Canadian Indian. So he is a minority in and of himself. But at the same time, though, in this day and age, when you use those kind of comments, and specifically the Rook So Rangry thing that he did last week on SmackDown, that's going too far. That's going too far regardless of what person it is saying it. Mm -hmm. That's that's almost dehumanizing an entire race of people. It truly is. And, you know, people say, oh, you're taking this way too serious. It was a joke. But, you know, you have to look in history. And back in World War II, you heard those type of comments in cartoons that were demeaning Japanese people. And that's the honest truth. And for a long time, sure, people considered it okay. But it's really not. And there's a reason that it's not. And I, I like I said, that's the reason I was surprised that WWE allowed that to happen. I get it. You, you think you can use another racial stereotype to affect another racial stereotype. It doesn't work. Sorry. You, you're not supposed to do any of that. So I, I was surprised. I'm with you. And I'm sure Vince uh, saw some of the reactions and was not happy. And he shouldn't be. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, besides that, I mean, I, Harry, I mean, once again, I, I don't know how this helps this whole feud. I don't know how it really helps us to really get excited about this match between Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura. All it does to me is scream, Mahal is going to stay the champion. That's all it screams to me. I disagree completely. I think Shinsuke walking out of Hell in a Cell is the final payoff to this. And then you end up making your way towards wherever it is Nakamura is going to go as champion. Just because, much the same way that I felt the the Triple H Booker T stuff back at WrestleMania 19 should have paid off with Booker T winning the title based on the comments that Triple H made. Mm-hmm. And if you don't remember those, by all means, check out the WWE Network. They do not age well. No, not at all. <laughs> um, then you find yourself in almost a similar situation here with Mahal and Nakamura. And I would hope that they've learned their lesson from the past and they decided that the proper fitting storyline ending to this would be for Mahal to lose the title to Shinsuke. Yeah, I, you know, 
I, I would like to see that happen. I'm a big Nakamura guy. I would love to see him come and, you know, hold the WWE Championship belt and really prove to people that, you know, he deserves to be here and holding a major title. But not only that, that, you know, he's going to be able to defend it against a lot of other, you know, contenders and have better matches than he's had so far. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But I just right yeah. now, as I said, I don't know that I trust that they're going to do that. Yeah, and that's the big thing, too, is I think that once you get the title on to Nakamura, you can have him justify being the heavyweight champion by getting the kind of matches against people like Kevin Owens, like Sami Zayn, like AJ Styles that are befitting of the WWE championship rather than the cluster fudge sickles that Jinder Mahal has by and less been involved in. Oh, I know. Oh, so, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So we'll see. I mean, we still got another week before we get there. But uh, at least where I'm sitting right now, I, I, I have not seen anything out of this feud that gets me excited. Uh, I, I think I'm more excited if Nakamura does win. Uh, let's talk about the Usos. Those guys are still upset, and they're pretty ticked off because they like wearing the tag team gold. And they have a big match here to kind of do that in front of the New Day. And they take on the High Bros. I think we know where this is going, Harry. Uh, they have a little match here. It doesn't last very long. Uh, really, what happens here is you get, you know, Zack Ryder uh, about to, you know, come in here and try to do a move. Maybe even do the, you know, the Rough Rider or something. I can't even remember what it was. All I know is you have Mojo Riley. Yeah, Rough Rider. Yeah, he, he, he tagged in. And, you know, you have... Zack Ryder, like, what are you doing? I'm about to do my finisher. And Mojo's like, no, no, you you did got to your chance last week. It's my turn. It's my turn. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, of course, that leads the Usos to shove Mojo into Zack Ryder, knocking him off the ring, a into the ring apron. And uh, Mojo basically bites the dust here and loses the match for the Hype Bros. And there you go with the Hype Bros stuff. We'll get into that. But l let's talk about this first. The Usos do approach the New Day, who've been sitting at ringside the entire time. They're, you know, their comical selves, got, you know, binoculars, just hanging out, having a good time. And the Usos say, this is where you guys belong. Uh, you know, really kind of cracking jokes on them. And, of course, the New Day come back with their own stuff and making fun of them. I think it was a decent back and forth here. Uh, wasn't anything super spectacular. I, I didn't think the New Day had their best stuff here. I don't even think the Usos did either. I, I don't know. I, I, I love the feud. I think these guys have had excellent matches, Harry. I really do. And that's where they really, to me, make their money. And not to mention, you're looking at a tor tornado tag match inside of Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. The last time we saw a tag match inside of Hell in a Cell, if I'm not mistaken, was Legacy versus DX. And that match was really, really good. It so was. you have the you have the opportunity for these four these two teams, who I would argue are probably better teams than both of the prior two in Legacy and DX because you don't see Michaels and Triple H team up a lot, and I don't think Cody and Ted Junior ever got the opportunity to live up to what they were capable of. But you have these two teams here that are in the primes of their careers and have been tearing it up. Excuse me. Yeah, no, you're exactly have, right. Mm -hmm. Have been tearing it up throughout the summer months and into the fall now. And you're giving them the opportunity to have another tag match inside of arguably the biggest stipulation in the WWE. Yeah, and you know, 
the, the one thing I'm, I'm sitting here wondering and, and trying to make myself clear on this, but I mean, how do they decide, you know, because the New Day's three, they're two. How are they going to make this work for the Usos, right? That, that's my biggest question, you know, without somebody gets taken out on the go home. Okay. Uh, that makes sense that's to me how, if they do that. That's how I would do it. Have the Usos attack somebody next week on the go home episode of SmackDown and take them out completely. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way it works, because otherwise I'm sitting here scratching my head saying uh, it makes no sense for the Usos to bring a third person in. It only makes sense for, you know, someone to get left out uh, for the new day. So I think I'm sorry, just real quick. Let's remember what happened when the new day won the tag titles for the back from the Usos the first time. And they were about to do their celebration on SmackDown. They got jumped backstage as they were coming through the curtain. You could have something similar to that next week here on SmackDown, and then they just absolutely take out the knee of Xavier Woods, leaving it to just Big E and Kofi Kingston so they know who they're going to face, and they know that Xavier Woods is not going to be a factor in the match. Mm-hmm. Well, that definitely would solve that problem. It would. And it'd be actually something that I think people would be more up for, you know, rooting for the New Day because, you know, well, the Usos are being the Usos, and they're being jerks, and all that. So I'm definitely game for that. I just know it needs to be addressed and it makes no sense for Daniel Bryan or anybody else to come out and say, Hey, you know, you can't have three against two, blah, blah, blah. It just makes sense to kind of go with where you're coming from. So I would definitely appreciate that more. Uh, let's talk about Aiden English and his nice rendition of the, uh, whole Bulgarian. It was the national anthem. I think, uh, I can't yes. remember. Yeah, their national anthem. Sang it beautifully. I think he did a pretty darn good job, even though I had no idea what he was singing. Uh, Aiden. And Aiden for U.S. champion 2018. <laughs> I can't wait till you get that shirt. I, I want to see it. Uh, I hope it has like a little frog with, you know, like the WB frog on it. I would love it. Uh, but anyway, I, I, you know, what we get here is a total celebration for Rusev. The mayor of his city in Bulgaria comes out and hands him the key to the city. You've got Aiden English celebrating with this guy and he even sings his own song about Rusev celebrating who Rusev is and all that. And, you know, this is kind of your normal celebration. I mean, you know, Rusev holds up the giant key. You get this. Mm-hmm. It's Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Rusev Day. <laughs> yes. And uh, what the best part about Rusev Day is uh, the Viper Randy Orton gets involved in RKO out of nowhere hit on Aiden English. And that, of course, brings Rusev off his platform and down. And once again, RKO out of nowhere for Rusev as well. So uh, two great RKOs. Uh, you got, you know, Rusev Day kind of ruined by Randy Orton. And, you know, we even have later Randy Orton going backstage and telling Renee Young, so, hey, when the guy wakes up, you know, let him know happy Rusev Day for me. So, that's kind of it's, it's one of those where it's, it's a little silly. This whole thing is, it's, it's fine, but it actually works, right? I, I think, especially if you're there live in the crowd and you see Randy Orton do this, it's fun, it's exciting. I, I think it's, I, I actually don't have any problems with this, Harry. I, it's it, great, not great, I don't know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Randy Orton appeared and I habitually fell asleep. 
Well, he didn't talk here very much, so you were left out of that. At least he did action. Okay, but at the same time, the RKO doesn't come out of nowhere if he's constantly doing it out of nowhere. <laughs> That's kind of a true statement, I guess. I mean, the one on English was out of nowhere. I think the one on Rusev was out of somewhere, though. Yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah, that's just pretty bad sure. Verbiage. That being said, though, um, as far as this feud goes, can't we just be done with this? I mean, the only way this is going to make any sense for me is if they use this to elevate Rusev, because Orton's not going to get anywhere near the heavyweight title picture again anytime soon. Whereas Rusev would be a perfect guy to move into the upper mid card slash main event picture over on SmackDown. He's charismatic. He's a solid worker. He's a decent promo, and he's over. Yeah, he is, uh, but is WWE in that mindset? That's my biggest question. Sadly, I think the answer to that question is no. Yeah, and that's where I come into conflict of, should I even get invested with this guy? Time and time again, they make him look like he should be something. They make us feel like we should care about him, and then they take it all away. And then you're left there sitting here thinking... What was I invested in? I can't remember. Randy Orton, take the fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say this is great. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but, you know, sometimes a little less talk, a lot more action works. And I think in this case it did. I didn't need to have Rusev talking a lot. He, he talked a bit here, but not enough to make me too bored. Randy Orton definitely not talking was a big plus. So needed needed more Aiden English singing. Yeah, you know, uh, if you're big on Aiden English, you were very happy tonight. But you, you're right; you could have used a little bit more, and it, it would probably get you another star. So he he, he is the drama king. <laughs> the drama king. I like that. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, outside of this, we got Daniel Bryan on the phone, which, uh, you know, and Sami Zayn is over there saying, hey, who are you talking to? And he's really saying, hey, if you're talking to Shane, let him know. I didn't want him involved in my match and all that. So we got all we already talked about all that. But just to let you know, they did have that interaction what if, tonight. What is with all, the authority figures always being on their cell phones in these segments? Between Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan, the WWE cell phone bills have to be outrageous. Yeah, I, I, it just amazes me. It's, you know, for okay, let, let me just say this. Daniel Bryan is supposed to be one of those guys who's all about Mother Earth, right? Always taking care of her, always eating clean, being that guy who is just in love with nature, doesn't even own a TV. But yet he is on his phone every time I turn around. The guy is addicted. I, maybe his wife got addicted to it, maybe got him addicted to it, but man, good Lord. Well, that, that's actually – his phone is actually how he watches the WWE network since he doesn't have a television. <laughs> I don't blame him. I got a television, but sometimes I choose to watch the network on my phone. So I, I have it on my tablet. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it works however way, so that's the one good thing about the network. So We have uh, you know Charlotte and Carmella have a match here, and this is one that you know you have – uh, you know, Carmella's little friend, uh, James Ellsworth, still, uh, you know, around and still doing his thing. But it doesn't stop Charlotte from winning this match. I think this match is OK. Um, 
wasn't super overly thrilled about it, but it, it was what it was. I, I think the more interesting thing is, is you have Natalia coming in after Charlotte wins and says that she's glad that her dad's okay. Um, but, you know, really is it, not really nice, you know, because she knows that she's going to be taking her on in Hell in a Cell, and she's basically saying uh, she's going to take her down. So uh, she And she also hopes that her dad's watching. Right, because she wants to show Charlotte that her she's overrated and she's going to take her daughter down. So, what do you think about all that? I feel like Natty talking about Flair was cheap heat, but at the same time, though, I mean, I understand why you go there in order to try to get Charlotte more over as a babyface because of the fact that she's back and she's fighting for her dad again, and the ties of the Flair family have been re rebonded, as it were. That being said, I, I you mentioned the word friend to describe James Ellsworth, and I think the more appropriate phrase at this point would be play toy, based on the way the gimmick has gone. And Sean and I kind of talked about this back when uh, back when the slap happened originally, and then Carmella kissed Ellsworth afterwards. She's more or less uh, basham, bashaming him, bashaming him. B a s h a m i n g basham ing him. <laughs> he is the Doug and Danny to her Shaniqua. That's fair. That's that creepy. Fair. Yeah, that's creepy, <laughs> but that's fair. It's a, it's definitely a comparison I can understand. Uh, you know that that whole situation is what it is, and. You know, it, it, does it help Carmella? Yes, I do to an extent think so. Is it getting old? Yes, I do think so. Am I ready to move on past it? Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> so Yeah, the big question is going to be what happens with the money, women's money in the bank briefcase, especially since they pretty much pissed away Corbin's men's version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did do that for sure. I, you know, you know. I, I think once they do get to that point of the money in the bank, I think that it will be a huge help to kind of getting us either to really think, oh, Kamala's going to you know do something because she became the women's champion, or getting us into that mode of, hey, you're just like Baron Corbin, you couldn't do it. So, who knows? Uh, what I do know though is, you know, I think going into Hell in a Cell, at least. For the women's part, I don't know how invested I am. Uh, I, I just want to say that I, it's okay, but I just don't know that I'm superly overly invested in Natalia and Charlotte. We'll see what ends up happening once we get there next weekend. So yeah, so uh, let's talk about the Undertaker. Oh, not really him, but his music. <laughs> it did play. His costume came out for sure, but underneath it was Dolph Ziggler doing his shtick, right? I mean, coming out as some other superstar, making fun of it, you know, basically calling, you know, uh, you know, himself the dead man and saying some old zombie and all that, you know, just making light of what the Undertaker is and basically cutting it down and saying, you know, nobody that he's come out as with the music cuts it in the ring like he does. Well, Bobby Roode decides to come out and make an appearance and, you know, says that he'd like to have a match with him at Hell in a Cell. And, you know, it's... Their little discussion back here, back and forth, you know, I, I guess works. Because you have Dolph Ziggler saying, look, you know, you've got all the, the, the glitz and the glamour. You come out with that nice entrance. you got the crowd reaction. The crowd's singing your song or... 
you know, coming out and catching your catchphrase, but you can't cut it in the ring like me. And, you know, Bobby Roode, you know. I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm okay with this is because it's been long rumored that this was going to be the payoff to Ziggler's entrance videos and entrance invitations as well for a while now. And I think that it's something for Bobby Roode to sink his teeth into on the main roster. And Ziggler's going to be able to hang with Bobby Roode. And obviously Bobby Roode will be able to have a competitive match on the main roster. And something that will allow Roode a chance to shine. And him to show the brass, the upper, the WWE brass, what the people in NXT already know that this dude is money. I, I hope you're right. And I think they will do that. They, that, what other reason does this serve but to get Bobby Roode in that position? And I really hope it pays off. I really do. Same same reason Shinsuke Nakamura's first match on the main roster was against Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's that guy that's there to make others look better. Mm-hmm. Even if he has a stupid gimmick getting there. <laughs> and one could argue a downright blasphemous gimmick this evening. Yeah, I, you know, it kind of makes me wonder how, uh, you know, Undertaker is going to take it once he sees it, you know. Also, how how freaking stupid is Tom Phillips? They made him look like a complete idiot. They really did. Ziggler, Ziggler's a good six inches shorter than Taker. Shut up, Tom. Yeah, you know, when he was saying, oh, my God, it's the dead man, I'm like thinking to myself, Wow. Uh, Do you must, not uh... watch the show? <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, I thought, if you're thinking that's The Undertaker, you must be thinking he's 85 years old. He definitely shrank and got a lot smaller. <laughs> so... Yeah, that, that anti-gravity is a bitch. Yeah. Uh, it's better than the other thing that came to my mind, but I won't say that because that was really uh, not appropriate. So, uh, But... Yep. <laughs> It's just not. Uh, but, you know, basically we get it, it, it's something that I think a lot of us want to see who like Bobby Roode. And we want to see him in the ring. We're getting tired of not seeing him around. Kind of like we were with Dillinger. We wanted to see Dillinger. And finally he's getting his shot. So I'm happy about this. I, I'm ready to get past Dolph Ziggler doing all the entrances. As much as I love seeing all these entrances, I'm kind of done with it. And let's see Bobby Roode and him do an excellent job over there at Hell in a Cell and put Bobby Roode in that echelon of being a big superstar on SmackDown Live. Let's do it. Uh, I believe so. I I think Bobby Roode's going to move on from Ziggler and possibly into a program with Styles over the U.S. title. Yeah, and that would be awesome. I think it's definitely something that could be really special. I really do, because I think both those guys, the history that they have before they even got to this company uh, means a lot. And I think they'll definitely carry that over here and probably amp it up and more. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that, and I hope it does happen sooner than later. The one thing I do want to bring up before we move on and and give our ratings of the show, uh, you mentioned earlier about Bobby Roode uh, turning heel. And in my personal opinion, I'm much more of a fan of him as a heel. I love him as a heel. But right now, him 